The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Therefore, to know and understand the divine wisdom and will of God in history will require the study of biblical prophecy. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. I think I'm going to say that again. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, Revelation 19.10. Therefore, to know and to understand the divine wisdom and will of God in history, that's the, the past, the present, and yes, the future, it will require the study of Bible prophecy. As the Apostle Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, it's always the words spoken by the holy prophets that are necessary for the church to verify the witness of things fulfilled in history and things to shortly come. In short, if we don't know and understand the words of the prophets, we're going to be confused and bewildered no matter how great the saint Confused about the events coming at the end of the age and the inauguration of an age to come. The apostles knew that, and and now more than ever, the church must know likewise. So often throughout the years, exasperated believers and non-believers alike have told me, I I just can't understand the book of Revelation. It's, It's too confusing. Doesn't seem to make any sense. And I've almost always pointed them to begin in Daniel and the other prophets where the apostolic writers began. It was only that place that they could begin. So why wouldn't we do likewise? God used a little prophetic sarcasm to warn his people against going to any other source of prophecy. Listen to the prophet Isaiah. In chapter 41, verse 21, as God addressed Israel's idols, present your case, says the Lord, bring forth your strong reasons, says the king of Jacob, let them, let those idols, let them bring forth and show us what will happen. Let them, those idols, show the former things, what they were, that we may consider them and know the latter end of them or declare to us things to come. This is what the God of Israel says of these dumb, dead idols. Indeed, they are worthless. Their works are nothing. Their molded images are wind and confusion. Uh, We could learn a lesson from that, and we could learn the word deception, because that's what we're going to face at the end of this age. I'd submit it'll be the lying words and deceptions of the powers of the air that will be hell-bent on presenting a good outcome in the midst of the most evil circumstances in history. Just as Israel's molded images offered nothing to the covenant people in Isaiah's day, neither will the empty words of the kings of the earth in our day who set themselves against the Lord and his anointed, saying, let's break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Listen, if our worship is going to be authentic before God, we must know what we're worshiping about. Have a prophetic understanding of the mysteries of the kingdom that are presently being disclosed at a rather rapid pace. Praise and worship leaders, take note. Listen to this. Put put music to prophecy, or we could say it, put prophecy to music. Declare the unthinkable 
Awaken a generation from slumber to hear with clarity the word of the Lord, the Holy Spirit's revelation of truth in this season. Like I recently said, uh, actually in the last podcast, word of the Lord must come from the apocalyptic scriptures in Isaiah. Read, read what the scholars call Isaiah's little apocalypse, chapters 24 through 27. And while you're at it, throw in chapter 28. That's a good one. Read the panoramic visions of Daniel, the most comprehensive, detailed end-time view of events to come. How about the revelations of John? You know, he's the disciple the Spirit called to and said, come up here. And I'll show you things which must take place after this. And of course, read the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24 and 25, where Jesus personally responded to the disciples' questions about the signs and timing of tribulation and the birth pains leading up to it. And when you read it, notice a couple of words here. These are important. These words that Jesus uses throughout his conversation with the disciples. Listen to these words. We don't pay attention to them. But in Matthew 24, Jesus says, and then, and then, and then, or, or when you see. You know, you talk about timing indicators. The Lord's clear. He's concise, succinct about the order of the events. You can't miss it if you follow his teaching. Paul spoke of the form of sound words in the form of sound doctrine or teaching. The glory of the Lord's truth is at stake if there's not a vigilance and a preparation of the heart for the speaking of sound truth. Error in prophetic truth can take a, a serious toll on the church and the world for that matter. Start speaking forth, you know, forth telling the prophetic scriptures of the Bible. What could be more effective form of prophecy than saying what the Bible says? Prophetic truth is the display of the wisdom and glory of God's sovereign purpose, his action, and vindication throughout history is ultimately at stake in our view of prophecy. Let me ask you this. Is the church's end time calling complete? Is God finished telling us what's to come? Is this about as good as it's going to get? Is there, is there something more? Is there a, a greater depth of knowledge the Holy Spirit will pour out on the believer who moves, moves to separate himself from the contemporary wisdom of the day? I remember many years ago, as a very young man arguing with a husband and wife youth ministry team, that there's something more something deeper, something more profound, certainly beyond what I was experiencing in my relationship with the Lord at that time, I was dissatisfied with my Christian experience. What I didn't understand, this is what I didn't understand, that the Holy Spirit had already put in me a desire to pursue the far reaches of the ultimacy of the gospel message, available to one who simply says, yes, Yes, I want more. So, <laughs> is the church's eschatological calling complete? It sure wasn't when I was a kid, and it isn't now. And that's because he wants to hear from a church that's crying out, Lord, I want more. There's more to this time frame that meets my eyes. 
God's going to bring his church to a level of wisdom and understanding that will be that will discombobulate the principalities and the powers of the air so that when the son of man comes he will find faith on the earth what kind of faith will survive unparalleled apostasy well listen to paul in in second thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 let no one deceive you boy jesus said that paul said that on a regular occasion don't let anyone deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first see there's going to be a falling away you can't get around that and he says the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition listen what kind of faith will overcome that a falling away the revelation and the seeing of this man of sin come what kind of faith Will such a fullness be sufficient to provoke Israel to jealousy? Does the Bible clearly anticipate an end-time martyr witness? In a church that manifests the main and plain of scriptures and, and exhibits the unprecedented power of the kingdom of God. Revelation 12.10, listen, this is one of my favorites. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now, now salvation and strength and the, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. Beloved, that verse in John's revelation represents a, a new day. It represents a new hour. A body no longer subject to lies and accusations. And it's a time frame three and a half years before the Lord's return in the Great Tribulation. The body of Christ, with their collective lamps full with the oil of the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimonies, doing great exploits, a people of understanding who will instruct many, many in the final days of this age. Let me end with this. Is it even possible to conceive that God intends anything less than a demonstration of resurrection power and glory through his church that's been brought to a, a final testimony of obedience even unto death? Listen to John in Revelation chapter 6, verse 11. Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until, here's one of those untils, until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren would be killed as they were, was complete. Or how about 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 4? For, in fact, we told you before when we were with you, that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened, and you know. Listen, church, continue in the faith. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Lord, I feel like I've been all over the place on this one, but you know what you've given me in the Spirit, what's in my heart. So I've shared what I, I believe is in my heart that you've given Father, I ask you use this to encourage the church, the assembly, to embrace the importance of the clear prophetic word in this hour.
that we'll give ourselves to know and comprehend the, the width, the length, the depth, and the height of your kingdom. That one and the same kingdom you're going to bring to this earth to be governed by your Messiah, Yeshua, the Son of God. And we ask it in his name. Amen and amen. I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, send the links to your family and your friends. I believe it's an important message that needs to get out there, especially, especially to the church of Jesus Christ in this hour. Well, God bless each and every one of you. Pray for me. I, I pray for you, and I pray that I have uh, the, the mind of the Spirit in what to share with people. Maranatha, I'm Bill Nordstrom.